Let's go! I found a new coffee place, by the way. Blanchard's Coffee in Richmond is the best latte I think I've ever had in my life. It's so fucking good. Delicious coffee! New stickers on the cozy chat! Hello, welcome to the Kill Stream. I am your host, Ethan Ralph, the owner and the editor-in-chief of the RalphRetour.com, doing an extra shift this week because Louis Thoreau is about to put out his bullshit documentary. He's been everywhere. Boy, oh, wait. No Where's this coming? Oh, that's from the... Where is she to live? That's the, the British feed. A- it just popped up after the song. I was like, where is that coming from? It was the BBC, ladies and gentlemen. That was BBC One. This documentary is going to air, documentary, like I said, quote-unquote, is going to air on BBC Two in about 50 minutes, broadcast live uh, in the United Kingdom. Thankfully, since you're rolling with me, we have a high-quality HD feed of pretty much every channel in the entire world uh, here on Killstream and Peaceful Sunset Productions and Tequila Sunrise, everything we do. We have all these channels, uh, as you've seen if if you watch some of our shows, so... No problems pulling up BBC Two for sure. Matter of fact, we can look into BBC Two right now. Uh, where is this thing at? There it is right there. So, okay, wait. I have to reset it now. That's okay. I think it might be on. Hold on. We'll get it fixed. It's on on my screen. You just can't see it yet. Uh, why is it like that? That's wrong. Anyway, I'll fix that in a sec. What does it say? Fuck. Oh, there it goes. There we go. There's BBC Two right now. They're talking about uh, penguins, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's see. Make sure we're on the, uh, the right channel. I mean, I know we are, but it's always good to double check, right? So BBC Two. Um, let's see. Afternoon, evening. Yeah, so right now they have on Wonders of the Celtic or Celtic, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, deep, so that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, and then at twenty one hundred, which is nine p.m. London time, uh, they're going to show Louis Thoreau's new documentary, Forbidden America. What a gay fuck! I heard that while well, I read it, and uh, I was like, "Wow!" It's for- First off, it's just it's kind of pretentious to even Forbidden America. Like what the fuck? Uh, yeah, I am going to be at AFPAC, and I. And I am going to wear a suit. I had a suit on at pack one. Who said I wasn't going to have a suit on? Rohanian. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Um, I'm probably going to go get a new suit, actually. Um, but I still have the other one, too. So um, I have to find it. Uh, yeah, you have to wear a suit to pack for sure. Um, by the way, TCS is on powerchat.live slash the Ralph Retort. Entropy is not on, but it's about to be in a second. Dollar sign Sunset Squad over on Cash App. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. I got the Rams. I got them by a lot. I haven't put any money on it. I don't know if I'll actually do that, but I think the Rams are going to win big. But my playoff record, not the greatest in terms of picking winner. Well, it was good until the championship, I guess, at least as far as the Chiefs went, but... 
Uh, we'll see. Now, this is what, like I said, they're just talking about penguins now. So what we'll do before they start up is go through some of the shit Louis Thoreau's been saying uh, is what I thought we would do uh, because it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, I, I don't know if you heard me ranting during the opening, but uh, he really did say he, wish he, he wishes he would have, like, squared up against Beardson in his house. And then he's like, well, I guess it's his house. I guess when I, when he tells me to leave, I have to leave. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you do actually. This is not fucking, uh, in a, the Chelsea district. You might get put in the ground fucking around. Otherwise, I mean, I don't, you won't hear cause I, well, you might, it might be a baseball bat to your head or something like that, but, uh, some cutlery there, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Beardson's probably packing packing some heat over there. Uh, I, I don't know what he might do if uh, if Louis Thoreau decided uh, he was just going to stay in his house against his will. I don't think that would probably go too well, but, uh, you know, I could be wrong. I, I don't know how some of you would act if Louis Thoreau, if you, if you threw him out of your house and he decided he was just going to stay, I think. I mean, I can, I can only imagine uh, how how you might react? I right, know. Let me see. I'm trying to find the link to. I swear to God, he said this. Hold on. Uh, now I'm also looking for. I think he he's been everywhere promoting the fuck out of this. By the way, oh here we go. <laughs> here we go. Look at this picture of him. Holy fuck, this guy. All right, hold on. Let me uh let me mute this. I'll turn this on. All right, Louis Thoreau wishes he wishes he squared up to Nazi saluting activist who threw him out of his house. He wishes he would have squared up. Like, okay, yeah, I'm sure. Look at that picture of him. He's like this, like tough guy pose and shit. What in the world? Are you fucking kidding me? Is this guy fucking? He wishes he would have squared up. Dude, okay, he's got some height on him or whatever. I don't think Louis Thoreau is really throwing any blows. Uh, especially, I, I mean, taking on a guy inside of his own house is a fucking pretty big step, too, honestly. First off, you're probably going to go to jail. Second off, you might get shot, like I was talking about earlier, or something crazy might happen. You're in the other guy's house. There's no telling what kind of fucking... He knows all the... You're fighting on his territory, right? It's the same thing in warfare, right? Like, what is this guy talking about? Who is he trying to fool? I Okay, let me read this. Louis Thoreau says he wishes he squared up to a farm. To Louis Thoreau. Yeah, what is this guy talking about? Wishes he squared up to a far-right activist after being thrown out of his house for questioning his Nazi salutes. Oh, boy. His heated exchange with online troll Beardson Beardley features in episode one of Louis' new BBC series about the rise of young hipsters. <laughs> the rise of, I mean, I guess I am sitting here drinking a latte with Gucci sunglasses on, but still. <laughs> the rise of young hipsters who spread racist and sexist messages online. Beardley. Beardley. <laughs> Beardly. <laughs> this is the Daily Mirror, by the way. Beardly, a member of the far-right group America First, has previously been filmed making two Nazi salutes from an open-top car. 
from an open top car. I don't believe this, by the way. And they said as he left a rally alongside Nick Fuentes. I don't think that's true. Louis also found pictures of Beardley making the same salute in front of the U.S. flag. I mean, yeah, and then they show this. He said it was stretching. Now, that one seems like a comedy routine. I don't believe he was throwing any fucking Romans. Like, after leaving a rally. with That doesn't sound true at all. Oh, my God. I'll have to ask. He's going to be on the show Wednesday, by the way, Beardley. Beardley. Beardson, what the fuck? <sighs> uh, viewers will see Furious Beardley. They quote him as Beardley like it's his last name. Holy shit. Viewers will see Furious Beardley accusing Louie of bad journalism and telling him, you should get the fuck out of my house. Now back in the UK, Louis 51 says, I wonder if I left too quickly. It's his property, and if he says leave my property, I guess I have to leave. But part of me thought I should have said, why don't you make me? He's quite small, is what he said there. And then they show this picture. Well, he probably got a... I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that would have been a good idea. Oh, did they actually take it from a still where he's in full motion? <laughs> that sounds about right. I'm not known Beardson to throw up any um any things like that. I mean, I you haven't I don't you haven't seen me throw up any things like that either. So it's like I don't know. I mean, if you want to throw them, I don't know, it's up to you. I don't care. But uh it's not my it's not my thing, so that sounds about like something they would do. I know he definitely didn't throw one after leaving a rally with Nick Fuentes. Where the fuck did that come from? I know that that for sure didn't happen. What in the fuck? Wurzel root in the chat, by the way. I got to get you on the show. I meant to. Anyway, I'll get at you. I'm booking a lot of people on the show. Uh, and like I said, Beardson on. Man, I should run down who's going to be on the show this week, maybe. Where is that? So Monday is going to be me and Pantsuit Valentine's Day special. Aw. Tuesday Harrison, Tuesday Harrison Smith, Wednesday Beardson Beardley, uh, Thursday Ryan Dawson, Friday Adam Green versus J Dyer Groiper, which is a, a guy a character on our show basically, uh, not the actual J Dyer to be clear, um, but uh, he's been a good he's been a good guy on the show and he and, and we're gonna put that on anyway why not that's what I figured and then Monday we're gonna have Lord Miles Rutledge on the show. So that's going to be pretty awesome, too. Should I show that? I should probably show that. Also, I fixed the graphic. It looks better on Killstream.live now. Looks a little jank on this, but that's a new guest. A pretty big guest, actually. That's the guy who was um, basically in Afghanistan after the Taliban took over, kind of, I mean, behind enemy quote-unquote lines. I don't, behind Taliban lines. I don't even call him that, really, necessarily. <laughs> um, but he had an awesome story. Uh, and now he's in Ukraine. And he's going to come on the show on February 22nd. He may be in the middle of another war zone when he comes on the kill stream. Uh, very well could be. So, anyway, we'll see. Hopefully, um, 
some shit doesn't go down where he's in jeopardy before now and then. But that's February 22nd. Uh, and I saw a lot of people were, you know, haters are like, like spazzing out because it's a, you know, a pretty big new guest. And they're like, Wah! and I messaged him. I was like, man, don't worry about it. He's like, it's cool. He's cool. He's used to shit like that. So he's good. He's game to come on February 22nd. Looking forward to it. We got a pretty good schedule coming up, I guess is what I'm saying. So I just wanted to mention that. Now back to Louis Thaho. Uh Now let's see. He said he's a weedy. He was a weedy little guy who spent a long time on his computer. This guy makes movies for a living, by the way. <laughs> Does he look ripped to you? I mean, he doesn't to me. I mean, he's kind of he's tall, I guess, but like, he says a surprise. Louis says someone who gave Nazi salutes was offended by being asked about them. Louis was annoyed at not getting more out of Beardley, thirty-three, who claims to be non-political punk rock kid. The film also shows white nationalist Nick Fuentes saying, which I don't think he's ever said, by the way, saying he does not believe women should have the vote, that gay relationships are sinful, and that inter interracial relationships are not appropriate. The two following episodes in the series focus on hip-hop and online porn. And online porn. Let's see. Hip-hop and online porn. Uh, so we got, so what, a couple hundred on Odyssey, like 500 or so over on Cozy. Very Cozy on Cozy. A couple hundred on YouTube as well. Uh, so approaching that 1K mark. We're getting ready for the Louis Thoreau thing. Let me see if I can find any videos of this fucker talking about it recently. Oh, wait, here's a video on it, but what does he think of? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's quite a few, actually. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, um, you, you mentioned this guy on your T-shirt. Um, so, doing some research last night on social media to see how many Twitter trolls you have. And um, it seems like you don't have too many, but I did. I found a lot of people with Louis Theroux tattoos. Oh, this is just about his tattoos? I don't want to hear about that shit. That sounds good. All right, let's see. <laughs> All right. One hour ago. Man, it's a robot video. What the fuck? Why do they? Ah, he does. All right, let's see. Well, let's go. Here's an ad for it. I know he's done interviews about this, too. Man, I actually enjoy racist humor and misogyny. I think that's awesome. I think we need more racist jokes, to be honest. Isn't there some <laughs> part of you that thinks like that? That's not really where I want to be. Brand new. Louis Theroux's Forbidden America. <laughs> uh, I think we need more. All right, let's see. I'm trying to find interviews, like, but all these fucking, all these fucking bullshit, all these fucking bullshit robot videos are in here. It's so funny. Like, his face looked like he was witnessing a genocide or some shit. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> the music sounded so ominous. Basically, <laughs> saying we need more racist humor. 
It's like saying we need, uh, yeah, genocide commissions and shit. Let's see. Well, genocide machines. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know, dude. All these fucking. You know what? I'm gonna try to just put. There's a ton of articles about it. Let's see. Disturbing encounter with... Oh, here's the Guardian review. Okay, that'll be good. Okay, this is the UK Guardian review. TV tonight, Louis Thoreau's disturbing encounter with America's far right. Oh, boy. That's not... uh Uh-oh. That sounds bad. (laughs) By the way... This shit's going to be goofy as fuck. I I remember all these goofballs coming on my show. Ranbot's dumbass, ammo crate, fucking brain damaged ass, fucking idiot, ammo crate to the head, for those who don't know the story. Fucking dumbass, barely functioning adult uh, would say that, uh, oh my God, Louis Louis Thoreau was going to be the downfall of Nick Fuentes, basically, in America First. It's like, are you fucking retarded? Well, I mean, the answer is yes in that case. Um, But it's just going to be Louis Thoreau doing some concern troll shit for like an hour, and then it's over. So, like, I mean, I don't don't know what what else people are expecting. It's going to be hilarious, I think. Like, that's what I think. Because I've seen these before, and they're always, to me, they always end up funny as fuck. Um, so, all right, let's see. I'm looking through here. Looking through some tweets. All right, let me read this. Shall I read the review? I guess I should. All right, let me read this. This is the Guardian. (laughs) This is a little blurb here. Oh, that's the quote they have, too. It starts in like 30 minutes, by the way. I actually enjoy racist humor and misogyny. I think it's awesome. This is the sort of rhetoric Louis Thoreau faces in a new series about the Internet's effect on controversial subcultures, starting with the far right, attempting to maintain his composure, but often failing to do so. He spends time with self-proclaimed Internet troll, Baked Alaska, who says anti-Semitic is a made-up term as well as political commentator Nicholas Fuentes, who earns thousands of dollars in donations from fans of his disturbing online rants. Things turn meta and more uncomfortable when they both rip Thoreau apart for being a pretentious liberal journalist on their own live streams. Oh. Look at his... He's just like... (laughs) He's the same... Like, it's just too... Like, so... In their mind, like... I mean, Baked is, like, in full costume. You know what I mean? Like, full get-up or whatever. Um, I mean, I'm... Whatever. Um, He's dressed like an entertainer. But Louis Theroux the other side of the coin, right? He's there looking like the nerd fucking film guy that you just want to fucking push in the pool and call him a fucking... Move on. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I don't know. It's just another fucking... Like, he's another fucking character, right? Like, I don't know. It's so funny, like the whole setup of the shots, like that's what. Anyway, now I'm getting meta. Um, 
But yeah, it's about to be on. Let's see. I might take, we might, so for the you YouTube guys, you might need to come to Cozy or Odyssey because I'm not sure about how it's going to go um, once that happens. Cozy.tv slash Ethan Ralph um, and also just Odyssey, of course. You should already be on Odyssey. But uh, there's a couple different options there. Let's see. The links, though. There we go. There we go. I see YouTubers saying, gay. One of them did anyway. Well, I'm just telling you, the BBC is usually kind of a dick about it. So I'm thinking that they might be again today. Utah Strong says he's not a nerd. He's very smart and likely evil. Well, I mean, <laughs> he does seem a little malevolent, doesn't he? Especially if he's, like, snipping fucking fake Nazi salutes and shit. I mean, that sounds exactly like something they would do. So, yeah. I don't think. It is, so, it is kind of startling that they'll just do it that blatantly, though, yeah. But I don't know, man. They stopped playing fair at all like years ago, the media, they never really did, but now they're just out in the open with it, with their fakery. They don't even care. Just whatever they can pawn off. They don't even, as, as long as it's just any type of fig leaf of believability, they'll do it. All right, now let's see. I think. I'm trying to get my shit over here set up. All right. Wishes he squared up. That's still the fun. I think that might be the funniest headline. It's definitely. I definitely laughed out loud when I first read it. <laughs> why? Why is he trying to look tough anyway? Why would he want to fight somebody who just told him to leave his house? Like get out. Like sounds a little personally invested. I gotta see Odyssey chat going off. Let's see here. Is that the... Yeah, it's right. I mean, what, did you link to the page? Yeah. It's not on yet. You know what they're showing now? Some nature show. You want to hear it? We can play it a sec. It's a determined little fish. This rock pool is home. He will wait out I love shit like this, bro. here and nowhere else. As well as providing shelter, it's full of delicious tidbits. Across the pool, this common prawn is also on the lookout for a midday snack. It doesn't go unnoticed. I don't want to play too much. Lower world there. The most hated. Is this an old Louis Thoreau clip? Yeah, I want to. Fuck it, we'll play it. I thought I could find more interviews. I mean, I just thought that was a given. They would do that.
There's a ton of print Shame interviews, though. Shame to be an American where the can freely roam. They spread their filth around this land. Every pervert calls it home. For several days, I'd been living among the members of the Westboro Baptist Church. God's word today. A fire and brimstone Christian group made up almost entirely of a single family. God Since the Iraq war, they've become infamous for picketing the funerals of dead soldiers as a protest against an America that tolerates homosexuality. I saved a little something for Super Bowl Welcome Sunday. Some members of the Westboro Baptist Church in Topeka, Kansas have been protesting. America is doomed. God hates... Oh, no! Are you a homosexual? Are you or not? Shirley Phelps taught each of her 11 Another League of Bravada. Number nine. We're servants of the living God, hon. Where does it matter where we came from? But that all homosexuals should die. The Westboro Baptist Church is probably the most controversial church in America. Hush up, hush up, and obey your God. You're a sick, like soulless, twisted <laughs> human being. And for three weeks, I'd be trying to fathom why they'd created such a strange ministry. Who was that one? Is this in the Bible? Bags eat feces? That's a fact, ton. <laughs> hun. I like she put hun in there. All right, now, here's some of the articles. So, there are plenty of interviews from them. Recent event, let's see, just where's the... So this one, he's talking about porn. What the fuck? Oh, wait. Okay. Is he worried about his kids? He says, I've talked to them. I've said to them, when you see porn... Man, I don't give a fuck about your theories on porn. What the fuck? I thought... Let's see... Thoreau tells me there is a documentary to be made about the impact of pornography, particularly on young children. But in fairness to well, yeah, no shit. But in fairness to him, that wasn't the program he set out to make here. In a weird way, he says that's analogous to what we look at in the Extreme and Online episode airing this Sunday, which is angled around the idea that there are far right influencers who have direct access to our phones and our laptops, and who, for younger ears, come across as somewhat plausible or attractive and appealing. That means th- that means that thanks to this documentary on the far right, they will now be introduced to people such as Nicholas Fuentes, a slight young man with a fuzz of facial hair. Nicholas is 23 and lives with his mom and dad. His views, no immigration, women shouldn't have the vote, are ridiculous. He is a figure of fun until you realize how many people are ta- taking him and others like him seriously. Fuentes has been ordered to hand over documents to U.S. authorities who were investigating last year's storming of the Capitol by Trump supporters. Yeah, witch hunt. I don't like it, but... So isn't it irresponsible to give men like this, and overwhelmingly they are men, any media, any more attention? Thoreau says he and his team thought a lot about exactly that. Are we platforming them? Question mark. What I've tried to do is think through and balance out, almost in a cost-benefits way, what you get out of bringing a critical lens to a world that, like it or not, has influence, but at the same time clearly making a wider audience aware of them, some small minority of whom may find parts of it appealing. As much as social media companies try to strike them out, they still get traction. It's whack-a-mole because their content goes viral. 
As a documentary maker, I guess we took the leap of faith that as a team, with our experience and track record, we'd be able to bring the necessary level of acuity and responsibility. Viewers can judge whether they got that right themselves. I found the men featured in this documentary repellent and absurd which is exactly what they want, of course. I'm a liberal feminist, and I was well and truly triggered. Job done, boys. Damn, she sounds bad. Just That's dripping with seed. But there's a reason that Thoreau is an award-winning documentary maker. <laughs> I'm trying to be as accurate as possible in how I characterize them because I don't want to fall in the trap of failing to see the qualities that make them appeal to so many. Thoreau cuts through their belligerence as in his inimitable way, part slightly bewildered English gent, part razor-sharp inquisitor. Suck his dick a little bit more. Whatever he does, his interviewees are no match for him. Oh, boy. No match for the towering, the absolutely stunning intellect of Louis fucking Thoreau. They're no match They're no match for him. One is even wearing a t-shirt with Thoreau's face on it. Which makes it very strange when he tries to throw Thoreau and the camera crew out of his house. After he's questioned about doing Nazi salutes at a far-right conference. There's no way he did. That didn't happen. I know that. Okay. Beardson will be on the show Wednesday, but I, you know what? I just know that's preposterous. I think I used to play up the idea of being a cringing geek, says Thoreau, and I'm not under any illusion. I still come across as English, yeah, and maybe a little bit nerdy, yeah. But as it turns out, in this world, I pass for something relatively physically powerful. I don't think so. These guys are gamers. They live online. It's no coincidence that one of the reasons why extreme politics as it exists on the Internet appeals to them is that a lot of them don't do that well in the real world. Let's see. The documentary maker has dual U.S. and British citizenship back on the U.S. fringes where he seems the most comfortable. They talk about how he used to work for Michael Moore. I didn't know that. That makes sense. All right. Let's see if we can find another clip. It starts soon, by the way. I wanted to go through some of these. uh, Oh, here goes another article. We want to get this into the record, ladies and gentlemen, basically. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to the podcast gang, gang. You're getting a bonus today. Hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy it. Play the Westboro video. I don't have the whole video. He looks like a starving Ethiopian. Yeah, I mean, this dude's like, he's ganglier even than he looks in that pick. I'm pretty, I mean, he's not some tough guy. That's why I was like, what is he talking about? What does he mean? He, wants to, he wishes he would have squared up. It's like, okay, fucker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, did he write? He wrote this whole article. Oh, boy. That's a lot of reading, but you know, I guess that's what I signed up for. I guess, I guess, I guess. All right, now, like I said, power chat, all that shit should be on. I think. 
uh, entropy killstream.live slash entropy powerchat.live slash the Ralph retort dollar sign sunset squad super chats on Odyssey. And I say that because I'm going to be reading for like 10 minutes. <laughs> In 25 years of presenting documentaries, I've made it something of a specialty to go to places and listen to people whose views represent something troubling, even dangerous. The first segment I ever made on TV for Michael Moore's TV Nation was about millennial cults and involved a trip to western Montana where I spoke to two neo-Nazis in a trailer. For several hours, they explained how sometime in the not-too-distant future there would be a global racial conflict leading to Jesus Christ returning and banishing the different races to separate planets and some cosmic version of old-school southern segregationist policies. Late in the evening, when it had grown dark outside, they made me a cup of tea, which I appreciated. They seemed a little warmer towards me, and I asked whether, after the inevitable race war, I might be able to make occasional visits to the black people's planets. But it was still a non-starter. Well, I mean... In the years since, I've made many more hours of documentaries on a variety of subjects, some of them focused on more innocent kinds of cultural oddity, such as infomercial gurus or swingers parties, others on more serious social themes of crime and mental health. But there's always been a strand in my work of being curious about the side of life deemed in that rather rather woolly, pejorative buzzword, problematic. On Sunday, I have a new series going out on BBC Two. Louis Thoreau's Forbidden America is squarely in the sweet spot of problematic content. White nationalists, trigger-happy rappers, and figures in the porn world accused of sexual misconduct. They all make appearances. In one sense, in the context of my output, it is business as usual. My latest stop-off in a journey that started all these years ago with neo-Nazis in Montana. But in another sense, in releasing this series now, I'm aware that it is business as unusual. Times have changed. The world is different. The pandemic, social media, the killing of George Floyd, and the ensuing conversations about institutional prejudice and Black Lives Matter. In the context of everything that's happened the last couple of years, the decision to put out a series chock full of troubling individuals giving expression to upsetting and extreme opinions might seem odd. The term is platforming. The idea that it is irresponsible to amplify hateful voices and that in doing so one is contributing to their power and their harm. We should instead ignore the toxic and the dangerously misinformed, the argument goes. Exclude them from the conversation. At its simplest, this is a view so uncontroversial as to be almost banal. Quite clearly, we don't want card-carrying neo-Nazis hosting daytime quiz formats or giving talks to children at our local schools. There is no obligation for us to hear pedophile apologists or ISIS sympathizers on Radio 4's A Point of View, nor to give airtime to flat earthers, who would do that, or climate crisis deniers on current affairs shows. This has always been the this has been the case for as long as the media has existed. Broadcasters have always had an obligation to think about ways in which they reflect opinions that may be misinformed or hateful. Making it even more pressing nowadays is the dim- demonstrable harm caused by the spread of false information online and the way this has empowered formerly marginal figures such as conspiracy theorists and nativists. 
the world we were delivered by Mark Zuckerberg instead of the promised one in which we would connect with friends via Facebook and share pictures of banana bread has curdled into a more troubling place where trolls, anti-vaxxers, ethno-nationalists, and conspiracy loons can pipe their nonsense directly onto our laptops and phones. Dodgy algorithms have weaponized our anger and fear, enticing us into liking and sharing content that is false and divisive, and in a manner reminiscent of the fast food industry and its reliance on high-fat, high-sugar content, we appear powerless to resist the spread of junk information about lizard overlords, Pizzagate, and what Phoebe Cates look like looks like now and how it will leave you speechless. Answer, she looks fine. In this new landscape, every day seems to bring a new test case of whether some influencer or high-profile person should be deplatformed, or whether tech companies and media outlets are throttling free expression by deciding what we can and can't see and hear. Donald Trump fomented unrest on Twitter and was kicked off. The comedian Dave Chappelle sparked boycotts in a campaign by trans rights activists for jokes on a comedy special on Netflix. As I write, the papers are reporting a growing groundswell against Spotify for its deal with the U.S. podcast host Joe Rogan. Musical artist Neil, who he's been a guest on, by the way. He doesn't mention that. I don't see it, but which seems curious. Musical artist Neil, Neil very curious, actually, and kind of like a fucking massive uh, oversight, not to mention that in the article, but whatever. Um, like, unethical, really. But, <clears throat> regardless, musical artist Neil Young and Joni Mitchell have taken their time have taken their music off streaming platform saying they don't wish to be a part of a service that in their view contributes to vaccine information. These aren't always easy situations to figure out and each of them needs careful thought. The bigger point though, is that I do understand how viewed in this context, my decision to put some potentially dangerous and inflammatory figures on BBC to prime time might appear flat out weird and irresponsible. And to be clear, some of the people who feature in the documentaries are several orders of magnitude beyond Rogan and Chappelle on the cancelometer, which is a thing that I've never heard of before. Extreme and online, the first episode of Forbidden America is about a community of trolls and white nationalists whose mascot and leader, the diminutive streamer and broadcaster Nick Fuentes, tells me at one point it would be better if women didn't have the vote. He says he views homosexuality as disgusting. He has also made Holocaust-denying remarks in his online broadcasts. He was outside the Capitol on 6 January and is on record as praising the events of the day, viewing them as a blow for freedom and justice. Other interviewees in the show are cut from a similar cloth. A far-right hipster influencer who calls himself Beards and Beardly and has appeared online in images doing what many believe to be Nazi salutes, although he denies this, gets some airtime before he throws me out of his house for asking him about the salutes. Another person I speak to is a troll and, the li and a live streamer who goes by the pseudonym Baked Alaska who has posted inflammatory racist content online, getting himself kicked off Twitter and was inside the U.S. Capitol building on 6 January live streaming his own act of alleged trespass and soliciting several thousand dollars worth of donations as he did so. So no, they wouldn't be your first choices to fill in for Sue Perkins and Giles Brandreth on just a minute. 
And yet I believe I was right to make a program about them. There are several reasons why. The most obvious one is the nature of the project. I make immersive documentaries, researching, shooting, and editing over the course of months or even years. It is far from the here's your mic, have at it atmosphere of conventional debate or TV appearance. Over the years, I've made programs in prisons, among confessed murderers and pedophiles, and in maximum security hospitals for pet. Well, you work for the BBC, so I mean, there's no doubt you've been among pedophiles. Though these troubled, sometimes dangerous people are legitimate subjects of journalistic inquiry. You wouldn't have them sitting in as pundits on the moral maze, but in the right context with the right approach, speaking to people who have done terrible things can be a totally valid exercise. Revealing and ultimately life-affirming, shining a light on aspects of human psychology and society in a way that promotes understanding and cultivates empathy. You might argue that an intimate or convicted predator is a different case from someone actively promoting a divisive political position. And there's something in that. Well, yeah, there's a lot in that, but anyway. But without wishing to sound too much like Liam Neeson, I have a specific set of skills that mean this guy really sounds like a pompous asshole idiot. Like, I can't even... This is, like, ridiculously fucking egotistical. I can't even believe the Guardian... Pre and this has to be a joke, right? Like, you can't... <laughs> I have to I have a specific set of skills that means I can be trusted to tell these stories in a responsible way by being informed, by doing the research, by spending time in the field for hours or days or weeks even, questioning, challenging, and revealing the reality of the people we are reporting on and doing responsible journalism. But why do we need to hear from these people, you may ask? It's about to start in 10 minutes, by the way. Well, you might need, you might not need to, but the reason you might choose to is because of what their existence says about the world we are living in and because of the very real power they represent. The truth is, in terms of his online following, Nick Fuentes and his ilk already have platforms from which they can, can and do reach audiences in bedrooms and living rooms around the world, in the millions. And just as Trump has shown no sign of disappearing, notwithstanding his cancellation from virtually every social media outlet going, the reach of Fuentes and his supporters is not likely to end soon. So the choice we are faced with is whether to be curious about that phenomenon, try to figure out why it's growing, what feeding on, how it can be challenged, or whether to ignore it and hope it goes away. Incidentally, so far, I've only written about the first episode, Extreme and Online. In other episodes, we meet rappers in Florida who appear to enjoy stoking beefs that have cost lives and getting tattoos on their eyelids, eyelids that say, fuck you. And we interview the porn agent, Derek Hay, who has been accused by some former models of sexual misconduct, but who has denied any wrongdoing. Part of the job of telling these stories has been working hard to reveal the layers underneath. Over the more than two years we spent making it, enormous effort has gone into giving the program the necessary shape and context to ensure that questionable views are interrogated, conveying to viewers the whole story and not just those parts the interview subjects wish to show. One positive side effect of the new media landscape is that it's harder for people to hide their real views. In and having their own platforms, the participants in these worlds have not only acquired new influence, they have also created vast digital catalogs freely available online and filled with candid expressions of their sincere opinions, all for all of which they can be held accountable. 
This brought an enjoyable transparency to the filming and sometimes edgy and even hostile energy. The sense of it being a showdown between a legacy media emissary and an insurgent form of, a form of disruptors. In several meetings with the far right, they had their own cameras trained on me. Baked Alaska implied he might be making a documentary about me. On several occasions, the far right influencers did broadcast about me when I wasn't around, making clear their real feelings, including one in which Nick Fuentes described me as pretentious. Me? And ridiculed what he took to be any took to be my view of him as a hate monger, characterizing it as either dishonest or, in his word, retarded. Yeah. But the bigger point is that for all their intricacy and ironical pureting, uh, which is like from sword fighting, I think, around the subject of their real beliefs, their digital footprints mean I had the advantage of being informed as to who I was really dealing with. I understand why some may question my decision to bring figures such as Fuentes to attention to the attention of a wider mainstream public. Grappling with these subjects over the past two years hasn't always been easy. We started researching in 2019, and we were about to start filming in March 2020 when COVID-19 hit. Uh, now we are here two years on in a culture whose increasing virtuality and Virality shows no sign of ending. But for all the challenges we faced and all the difficulties of facing up to content that is upsetting at times, I'd also like to think the job is important and worthwhile and that the difficulties involved are, among other things, a testament to the timeliness and weight of the subjects. They are powerful and troubling programs, but I am proud of how they turned out. Just like the new digital landscape the films reflect, their darkness also presented me with new possibilities for reaching people. The old world, with its heirloom newspapers and broadcasters monopolizing debate, is gone. Now we face a chorus of maverick voices, some hateful, some benign, all of them disruptive and no longer confined to trailers in Montana. What a ham-fisted rejoinder. Uh, call back to his intro. That was not good, but he really forced that in. Put that in the last line. It's like, nah. You could have left that out. That's kind of weak. It's kind of a weak callback. Uh, I felt like it anyway. Now, that was a long read. Yeah, I know. It's five minutes. It's pulled up. It's ready to go. It is really, really, really ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. BBC 2 HD, a live watch party. I'm going to have to turn on my air conditioner. That motherfucker is loud. What should we play for hype? Uh, I have an idea. I'll turn off the AC, play this for a minute.
born ready though one minute is what they say yeah that's what they say all right now here we go i think it's about to start both series on iPlayer. 
Or next, they're racist, sexist, and building quite a following online. Louis meets the American influences of the far right. Oh boy. I knew I was gay when I was four, though I didn't know what homosexuality or sexuality was. A lot of the songs are an examination of how vitally important love is and how disastrous it would be to be without it. Imagine Labby Sifri tomorrow at 10.35 on BBC One and iPlayer. Alright, let me get straight to the point. What the fuck is this? Unmitigated fucking... Imagine <laughs> It's like... Next level crazy. It's my childhood dream come true. It's time to strike a pose. Can I get an amen up in here? BBC Free is now on TV every day from 7. Starting a new series now on BBC Two, Louis Theroux meets a new generation of influencers. They're extreme and they're online. This includes strong language from the start, racist and discriminatory language and descriptions of sexual violence. What the? So are you feel like I'm pushing an agenda? Yeah. What is the agenda? You hate white people. Okay, so why don't you get over yourself? Why don't you apologize for your ancestors from thousands of years ago? Because you're white, Louis, aren't you? Are you? Aren't you white? Yeah. Oh, why don't? So why don't you apologize for who you are? Because you're a disgrace. You're seething now. No, you're, you're seething. Like you're about to start crying. You're the one that's why crying. are you so triggered? Come on, man. Okay, let's finish this. For several months, I've been spending time with a new incarnation of the far right. America first, bitch. <laughs> you think America should be majority white? Yes, yes. It's not a bigoted thing. It's not a white nationalist thing or a hateful thing. A movement spawned online and defined by racism, misogyny, and homophobia. Racism's a new rock and roll, and I'm the biggest rock star. <laughs> Screaming to radicalize its young audience. Let me tell you a joke. Black lives don't matter. Isn't there some part of you that thinks like oh, that's not really what I want to do? No, I actually enjoy racism and misogyny. I think that's awesome. I think we need more. Holy shows, shit! You will not At a time when internet hate Dude, that's like an iconic quote. I'm sorry. I mean, conflict. whether you agree or not. I was attempting to understand the motivations and the techniques of a new generation of homegrown extremists. You did a Nazi salute. I did not do a Nazi salute. You shouldn't get the f*** out of my house. <laughs> cultural war. Are you kind of making a documentary about me while I make one about you? Well, I can't tell you, but you're dealing with one of the world's most intricate internet trolls. <laughs> Florida, outside CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, I was with the followers of a rising star of the far right. America first! America first! America first! 
His name is Nicholas J. Fuentes, 22 years old and a fan of Donald Trump. He's considered too extreme, even for the right wing of the Republican Party, and is banned from their events. I'd like to go to CPAC. No, you cannot. There are no more tickets on sale. There's no more tickets. No more tickets. CPAC sucks. It's gay. They're not conservative. Yeah, we're leaving. We're leaving. Yeah, bye bye. America first! America first! Reportedly barred from CPAC, for the last two years, Nick has run his own event, AFPAC, the America First Political Action. AFPAC 3, let's go. Short distance away. We were the first television crew they'd allowed in to film. Okay, so here we are. This is going to be our conference tomorrow. You're in charge of this, right? Yes. We got our helpers around. They're just setting up the tables. So they're putting out these, which are stickers, right? Yes. America first, bitch. <laughs> yeah. There should be a comma there, because it's not like, you know, I'm an America first, bitch. <laughs> they messed it up. Yeah. Because I saw right. that. That makes like... it sound like you're the bitch. Right, I know. <laughs> That's the worst possible outcome. I know. You could go around just doing a comma in all of them. Yeah, yeah, we could get a white Sharpie. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I know. In terms of what America First represents, mm -hmm. am I right in thinking that for you something that you call demographics is, yes. is big? Critical. What is that? Well, demographics is just obviously the people that comprise the nation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people take that to mean race. And race is a big part of it. But for demographics... You? Is it for you? Big part of it, period. I think, you know, just racial demographics are very salient right now, given Black Lives Matter. But it's about recognizing that race is not everything, but it's not nothing. If you change the people in America and you change the place that is America, is it really still America anymore? Is it really still our home? I think that's the question. And the answer to me is no. You're, am I right in thinking you want no immigration? Yeah, more or less. Including legal? Correct, yeah. <laughs> oh no! They put the ominous music on after that. In the last several years, Nick has emerged as the new voice of the far right. Hosting a nightly show which he streams from Chicago to thousands of homes around the US and the world. Why do we need people coming into our countries? The United States was doing just fine before all these oh, immigrants no. came here. We oh, take a lot of countries like the Middle East. How do they repay that generosity? They rape our children. Oh. And you see scum, you see filth. In his broadcasts, Nick embraces views and language that are racist, homophobic, sexist, and anti-Semitic, packaging oh, no. the most extreme statements as jokes and irony. About 1,200 live, three platforms, let's go! What is your problem with the Jewish people? Why uh -oh. on earth do you have such a problem with them? I say, you know what? I have a big problem with Jews. There's not enough of them. There's not enough of them to go around. Hello, folks. Nick Fuentes here. We are in sunny Charlottesville, Virginia. In 2017, aged just 18, he was at the infamous Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Hands up! Where anti-racism protester Heather Heyer was killed by a Hitler-obsessed 20-year-old. The tragic outcome and the evident extremism of the event led to the disintegration of the so-called alt-right. Many younger members regrouped under Nick's leadership. I'm Louis. How do you do? Louis? Nice to meet I'm you. Good. Are you part of the cause? 
Uh, yes, sir, absolutely. How did you first find out about Nick and America First? Well, you know, there was a lot of confusion in kind of the right-wing political space at the time, and there were some very nasty people. You know, big sponsors for the show today, thank you. Different movements, different groups, and Nick Glad was to have like you guys aboard for the big one. Ones. Of the only people who was kind of identifying what these guys were doing wrong and how we could build something that was, like, infinitely better, you know? What did you see, Nick, that was, as you saw it being done incorrectly, I went to Charlottesville to protest the removal of the Robert E. Lee statue. I went to Charlottesville to protest mass immigration. Then you get there and you see people throwing up a Roman salute and, you know, you see a Nazi flag and it's like, well, this isn't really what I signed up for. And all these people are like total freaks. They don't like America. They're not Christian. So I mean, what the hell are we really doing here? So America First kind of emerged from that moment of confusion of where does the Internet right wing go after Trump? and after Charlottesville. We're almost ready for a test. Okay, great. Getting our um, projectors set up. Wow, look at that. Hey, Stephen, this is uh, Louis Theroux. Are you How familiar? You? Yeah, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. BBC, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, say, folklore, folklore, what's up? You are too. Are you here filming as well? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be doing a documentary. Genius. About Nick. Yeah. Who is yours for? It's for America First. For me. So you're funding it? Mm-hmm. Very cool. That'll be nice because then you can decide what goes in and what doesn't go. That's right. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> like you do. What's going on, Junior? <laughs> what the fuck? Are you going to AFPAC? Oh no, too? that's the so nefarious. <laughs> How are you doing? Can we say hi? I'm Louis from the BBC. Nice to meet you. Hi. Are you part of America First as well? I don't speak to reporters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Cute baby. <laughs> I was, I was curious to speak to a female yes. member of the, of the tribe because so far I've mainly been seeing guys. Yeah, around. it's all guys. I mean, we try to, as best as we can, keep women out of the inner circle. Women, when they get involved in these dissident political movements, they tend to be a total disaster because <laughs> this is a high-pressure, extremely high-pressure environment. Women tend to crack under the pressure, and they... A lot of other people crack, too, but yeah, you're right. your view that women really their role is is in the home rather than in the workplace? Yeah, 100%. Women have been convinced that it's dignified to abandon your children, I mean, from their womb, literally, to go work in an office, you know, to go work for a corporation. How sick is that? Women should still have the right to vote, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, but that's probably not going away anytime soon. That's pretty fringe, isn't it, thinking women... <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have the right to vote. Yeah, but, I mean, look, the society's broken. So people that are in the mainstream are, you know, they're participating in a totally broken system, you know? So it's like, if the society's totally destroyed, wouldn't it be the people on the fringes that are, <laughs> would, would have the antidote? Whatever, whatever side of the fringe, but wouldn't it be the people on the outside? Because the people on the inside are fucking everything up, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better word. That's how I see it. Dangerous music. I think that's a pretty fair take, actually. To his young fans, Nick is an icon. Many of them have come up socializing via online video games, immersed in the culture of the internet. 
How would you characterize? Yeah, where's the loss in my own YouTube too, yeah. Is he on the rise? Do you think he has become in only four years the most successful dissident political movement in modern history, and he has the capability to get thousands of young people to show up in any state in a moment's notice. How is he doing that? He's in that gaming and meme culture, right? And he uses the same type of ironic jokes that they do. So that's how he's able to attract the younger crowd. You seem young. I Are you at university at the moment? Are you I am. You're yes. a student. That's correct. It's important to get people finished. politically engaged to control not only the direction that the country is headed as a whole, but especially the direction that the conservative movement is headed in. Are you a gamer? Is that, is that part of what's going on as well? I think that's generally something that would fit into the personality of a lot of the attendees of this conference. I think you know we generally like to game a little bit of. Uh, we you know, do a little gaming here and there. Sure. How did you connect with Nick? We used to play Fortnite together. Uh, you and Nick? Yeah. For I, real? It's the new golf course. Through Trump and through politics and stuff, we kind of had similar ideas and stuff, and we just kind of became friends over the internet, over Twitter. Alongside his gamer following, Nick has also made inroads in the political establishment. Among the attendees was former Congressman Steve King. One of the things that Nick and America First have been criticized for is being racist, right? I mean, that's basically, he's accused of being a white supremacist, an anti-Semitic. What we believe is that we are created by God, and all of us created in his image. And once you accept that, then there's no room for any racism, racism whatsoever. And the interaction I've had with the young people that are here, this is the energy core that will put America back on the rails again, because so much of her has run off the rails in the last year. The event was sold out with around 300 attendees and thousands more watching live online. A young underground bringing the taboo culture of the darker parts of the internet into the real world. what's going on in the country, I don't want to listen to some of these five-hour podcasts about policymaking. I want to get in front of somebody and say, it's America first, bitch. <laughs> America is a Christian nation. ceases to retain that English cultural framework and the influence of European civilization, if it loses its white demographic core, and if it loses its faith in Jesus Christ, then this is not America anymore. And I know some people aren't going to like me saying this. I'm sure you all are going to love what I'm about to say, but people watching at home are not, some of them are not going, it's controversial. Well, it's really, it's true, but it's something that you can't say anymore. White people founded this country. This country wouldn't exist without white people.
trains shocking to hear Nick's next vision shot. using lies and distortions to promote an ethos of white identity and racial division. The following day, Nick released a tweet to show that one of his speakers had been a sitting congressman, Arizona's Paul Gosar. Outside of its annual AFPAC get-together, Nick's movement exists largely as an online community, sharing ideas via message boards, in-jokes, and live streams. They're storming the Capitol right now? Really? Dude, I'm at, I'm at the Capitol. One of Nick's closest associates is a self-described internet troll named Antime Gionet, better known as Baked Alaska. Holy fuck, I've never heard it pronounced correctly. Other side, everyone, Patriots, let's go. Other side of the building. Baked Alaska was at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021, where he live-streamed himself from a congressional office. Yes, we have a fraudulent election, I would like to report. Yeah, we need to get our boy Donald J. Trump into office. We got over 10,000 people live. We got about 1,400 live here. In confrontational live streams. And was facing a case oh, of assault no. using pepper spray. to meet at his house on the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona. Knowing of his fondness for provoking those he views as political enemies, I would be attempting to maintain my composure. Hey, we're in the right place. Yes, you are. How do you do? I'm Louis. Hey, my name's Nick. May I come in? Yes. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Good, how are you, Louis? Nice to see you. How are you it's doing? Alaska. Should I call you Baked or Tim or? You got me Baked. Baked yeah. is all right. How are you yeah. doing? Now I've already clocked that we're being filmed. Yes. I, I thought that might happen, and it's kind of part of what makes this interesting, right? Is it going out live? Uh, no. So is it just for your film? Yeah. Well, we just don't trust journalists, dude. <laughs> like, um, oh, would the journalists have been my worst enemy? They suck. How am I supposed to trust the media when you have mainstream media literally pushing out narratives that I'm a neo-Nazi, I'm not a Nazi, guys, of course, calling me a racist, neo-Nazi, etc. So how am I supposed to trust the media? Like, I, you seem like a cool guy. You're still part of the mainstream media, though. You were at the Capitol insurrection, right? I wouldn't call it an insurrection. What would you call it? Uh, Capitol riots. Uh, the riots? An insurrection would be something that people planned. I think planned. that's fair, yeah. That's basically hey, what I call look, it. There were people there that did some dumb shit. I wasn't violent. I didn't vandalize anything. I am very right-wing, obviously, and I believe in, you know, America first, but don't... don't I, I want nothing to do with any sort of violence. Not... You do consider yourself very right-wing? Yes. That is fair. Far right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I would say probably, yeah. Like, people will say far right as, like, a smear. And I used to be like, no, 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 I'm not far right. But, I mean, I just don't really care that much anymore. Baked had grown up a child of Christian missionaries in Alaska and pursued a career doing viral journalism in Los Angeles. Later, he'd created memes and performed social media stunts in support of Trump and the far right. 
Even your haters would describe you as a, as a social media genius or a social media innovator. Yeah, I agree. Do you think that's true? Oh, yeah. I mean, I worked for BuzzFeed as their social media strategist. I did the Which same. Which is a pretty liberal kind of um, more celebrity-focused outfit, yeah. right? Yeah, very liberal. You were at Charlottesville. You were chanting, you will not replace us. I believe white people should stand up for themselves, but I'm not like a white supremacist or nationalist or anything like that. Um, I don't only want to be around white people. I think I would like to be around a majority of white people, uh, similar to how our nation was founded. It was about like 75, 80%. I think that's fine because I want our country to stay homogenous. But Just the ones who weren't white were in 80 proof. Well, 80 proof. I, I don't uh, support slavery, so. This little living room where I watch why, my... Why have we got first. Nick Fuentes up there? That's my favorite show. I was watching it before you guys came in. For real? Yeah. Nick is the most genius political mind I've ever come across. In what way? Um, he just speaks exactly how it is from the heart, and he doesn't care if something's going to uh, be seen as politically yeah, incorrect or anything like that. He just uh, truly speaks the truth. He's only 22, and he's like, I'm ready for him to be president. Like, I know, I know 100% Nick's going to be president. You can clip that, you know? Stephen, how are we doing for your documentary? Are you getting what you need? Yes, sir. Mainstream media is viewed as the enemy. Uh, of course, yeah. You know, type in Louis Thoreau, and the first thing that comes up is like, Louis Thoreau is a neo-Nazi or, you know, whatever. It's not nice for that to come up as the first result. Does it say that on Wikipedia? Yeah, look, here. Tim Gina, more commonly known as Baked Alaska, is an American neo-Nazi, anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist. You've tweeted that Jews control the media. Yeah, I did that. You can see how that would be... Um, what a shocking revelation. I think anti-Semitic is sort of like a made-up term. Like, I think Jewish people think they can't be criticized. If you said white people suck, that's literally an acceptable phrase in today's society, in America, okay? If I said Jews suck, oh my gosh, oh, you're anti-Semitic. I don't think any group of people should get a free pass. I disagree with that. What do you disagree what? with? Well, the idea that, uh, that the same rules should apply to all races, like where, where historically white people have been in, in power. You know, it's to, a lot of it is to do with how power sits. Oh my God. If you're doing comedy or people are getting roasted, I, I think you should be able to use what any means necessary. What a cuck this guy is. I mean, this is a great song. Have I you disagree. Seen this one? one more time, oh, one more time. I just want to make fun of I don't think I had heard that one <laughs> Nice. I'm glad I got to uh, show that to you. What, do you remember what it was that got you uh, kicked off Twitter? 
I, I mean, dude, these days you, you don't really have to say much. And I think I said something like, ban all Muslims from the U.S. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Why? Because it was funny. I, I don't support any immigration. You know, we can't have an unlimited amount of people here. But if you want to ban all immigration, yeah, why did you mention ban all Muslims Muslims specifically? Somewhere. It was responding to Trump's uh, immigration ban because... Could be anything. Well, Muslims are higher risk for, you know, terrorist attack. Some shit like that. But that, you could see that was a kind of divisive and provocative statement. Could have been statement. Yeah, of course. That's why I tweeted it. <laughs> oh, no. Divisive politics. It was a puzzling formula. Playing at being racist while also being racist <laughs> and accusing critics of lacking a sense of humor. of this approach was, this of course, Nick. crazy. Since I'd last seen him, I'd dug further into his broadcasts. His agenda was white nationalist in all but name. The people that are coming to replace us in our own country, you think they, they really like white people? They really care about white people? They want to kill you? They want to see you dead? Putting white racial interests above all else. Stop acting like black women. Black women are fucking obnoxious and harboring a particular animosity towards Jewish people. They will protect against hatred for everything except for Christianity, whiteness, and right-wing political views. Everything else is protected. If you're short, dumb, ugly, retarded, if you're in a wheelchair, if you're black, if you're Muslim, Jewish, if you're Jewish, if you're a Zionist, if you're Jewish, if you're in a wheelchair, if you're Jewish, it's all protected. Following on from our encounter in Florida, he'd arranged to meet in his totally hometown like of Chicago. I was curious to find out how a disturbing figure like Nick was cutting through to a large and growing audience of impressionable young men. In the past, a voice like yours would have had to come up through a TV network or some kind of um, news outlet, right? Right. But you right. built your voice and your platform using social media, would that be correct? So, I mean, I basically have a very intuitive sense, as, as all Generation Z do on social media, smartphones, and the information ecosystem. You know, the mechanics of it are, are pretty straightforward, you know? I mean, you create content, you share 1460 it. 1460 Live! People notice that sounds it, like a good year. Lot. You know, that that's what social media is. At that time, then, you were a YouTuber, in a sense. I was, I was a YouTuber. Like PewDiePie, like... Yeah! I am like PewDiePie. <laughs> you dropped out of college. Were your parents pushing back at all? Thinking like, what's Nick doing? He's just in the basement recording like homemade videos. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, they pushed me. They said, you know, what are you gonna do? You gotta get a job or go to school. You gotta have a plan. And I told them, why don't you just give me one year to explore this? And if it works out, then I'll keep doing it. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll abandon it and I'll get a job or I'll go back to school. And uh, it worked out. Nice day for it. Usually I would have the top down, get a little ice cream. See, I'm, I'm a simple guy. Am I a sick guy? Did someone say you were a sick guy? Yeah, people love <laughs> when they, they imply it. Hate monger. Yeah, I'm not a hate. I'm a love monger. I'm out here mongering love. 
In one of the pieces of footage I'd come across, Nick had talked about our meeting in Florida and his impression of me. I want me. some ice cream now. Alexander says, what's Louis Theroux like? Is he doing a documentary with you? He is. You know, he has the same problem that all journalists do. He's, he's pretentious, you he's know? A sick guy. Here's a little piece of advice. For to, to be a good investigator, you gotta be humble, okay? We may talk about Jewish power, and we may talk about black crime, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I wake up every day animated by racial hatred. You know, I mean, that's just retarded, frankly. So, and pretentious liberal journalists either are in to understand that, they think they know it all or whatever, or they don't even care, and they just have their own agenda, they've got their worldview. It was, it was almost a little bit disappointing. It was almost a little bit disappointing. It's your parents' place, am I right? Uh, yes. Are your parents around? No, no, they're not around. Back at his parents' house where he lives, recording his streams from the basement, yeah. I decided to challenge him on his comments. Oh. I saw the monologue you did about me. Yeah, I did do a I, monologue yeah. about you. I just want you to know that I fundamentally disagree with what you promote and with what you stand for. But I'm here because I'm curious about you. Right. right? Does that make sense? Totally. You disagree with what I stand for. I disagree with what you stand for. But I tend to operate with people in good faith. Well, I wonder if it's helpful just to almost like put the cards on the table in a way, right? Sure. Because you've been characterized as white nationalist, right, repeatedly. Right. Sometimes you come near to embracing the term. And all through, so, so much of your commentary is an idea of like, white racial identity is being hmm. core to your belief system. I've not advocated on my show for a whites-only nation or for ethnic cleansing or for this idea that non-whites cannot participate in American identity or America. What you do think is that America should be majority white. Yes, yes. I saw a video of you, it looked like an undercover recording. It was, I know what you're talking about. Where you said, uh, someone said, do you think um, mixed-race relationships are like bestiality. Mm. And, you, and your reply was, well, they're both degenerate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was like four years ago. It was a private conversation. But, you know, I was playing devil's advocate about this idea that interracial relationships are totally, like, the best idea. I happen to be very old school. I'm very traditional. It's not a value that I have that that's a good thing or even necessarily something that's appropriate. It's not a bigoted thing. It's not a white nationalist thing or a hateful thing. Which is which you is give people a lot of ammo though. You were talking about gay people getting married, uh -huh. and your line was like, "I don't want them getting married," <laughs> and and other people say, "I don't care what you do as long as you do it in your bedroom," right. and you said, "I don't even want you doing it in your bedroom." Yeah. <laughs> I think it's gross what goes on there, and. Um... No, I don't think they should be doing it. Some people's, because conservatives... Well, you were less careful on that one. That was interesting. Like, what do you mean, you less careful? Well, you just, there was no irony. You were, there was less of a twinkle in your eye when you, when you said that. Well, like. I mean, look, yeah, I make a lot of jokes online. I am ironic a lot of the time, but people can discern my real views. I'm Catholic. The Catholic view is we want to live in a decent, virtuous society where people are not doing immoral, you know, gravely sinful things. You have expressed a degree of sympathy or even common cause with avowed white nationalists. Well, I don't understand the hang-up on, so why are you not a white nationalist? So aren't you a white nationalist? I mean, why, why are you so interested in that in particular, categorizing me as that thing? That, that to me because is... Because that's the most prohibited part of your beliefs. What makes you Nicholas J. Fuentes, right? Right. Is the fact that 
you, you, there's a racial component. Right, right. right? But Even the right wing is Because he wants Trumpers, to blacklist them, that's why... What makes you different from them is that you talk about Jewish power, right. Right, alleged Jewish power, and black crime, and that you're talking about white, specifically white identity. I want America to work. I believe in America. We just got to stop immigration, that's all. Can we watch you doing your show? Yes. Nick told me his streams, hosted on his own website, reach as many as 10,000 live viewers a night. Good evening, everybody. We're watching America First. My name is Nicholas J. Fuentes. We have a great show for you tonight. Very excited to be back with you here tonight on Monday. Seems like Israel-Palestine. There's a lot of... Though he is technically banned from most social media companies, clips from his show often go viral and are seen by millions across different platforms. When you go out there and you say, I don't care about the browning of America, and you say that there's going to be no consequences from that, that people are interchangeable, well, you're lying. He said he makes up to $4,000 per show from people who pay him to respond to their messages and that the donations have made him a millionaire. And more than Trump's is, can women even be funny, though? No, they can't be. And often when they're funny, they're unintentionally funny. The real question is, can women be intentionally funny? Uh, the answer is no, but After nearly three hours of nonstop streaming, close to midnight, Nick wrapped things up. As always, I'm Nicholas J. Fuentes. Thank you Comfy. for watching, and I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your evening. Okay. Whoa. Did you enjoy that? Uh, <laughs> well, it's more enjoyable in the first hour. Baked Alaska thinks you're going to be president one day. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know about that, but you'd maybe. Like, you'd like to be. I would, I would. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't want to be? I wouldn't want no? to. No? Ominous music. Nick's political aims are supported by many in far-right circles. for president, also to piss on Louis the Thoreau. The neo-Nazi Daily Stormer website has repeatedly oh, no. endorsed his strategy of pushing a more PR-friendly brand of white nationalism. But his main constituency has been online gamers, incels, and so-called irony bros. As soon as I saw Nick from the beginning, I was like, this guy's a, guy a fucking winner, dude. Like, this guy's a fucking winner, and he's gonna do what it takes to win, you know? One of those who lent early enthusiastic support in his homemade streaming show was a gamer named Matt Evans, better known as Beardson Beardley. A friend and political ally of Nick's, they discussed the need for a less off-putting, more optical version of white nationalism in freewheeling online conversations. We're having a lot of success politically. The message is getting out. We're waking people up. People are talking about ending democracy. Now is not the time to be fucking around and to be caught off guard because we want to be nice. Well, you know what? Sabotaging the white race and sabotaging our movement isn't nice. I'd met him briefly at AFPAC. Since then, candid footage from an anonymous source had been posted online showing him leaving the event in Nick's car and delivering what looked very much like a Nazi salute. Dude, he's just waving at people. Another Are you fucking serious? suggested it might not be by mistake. Beardson lives in a small town in western Kentucky. Damn, just give his GPS out too, I guess. You got that off the internet? 
Yeah, yeah, I got How much did they charge you for that? It was only like 12 bucks. I wasn't that committed to 12 bucks? I thought it'd be more than that. No. <laughs> a plain T-shirt costs more than that. Oh. You must take value off it, having <laughs> my face on it. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you, you for having us. Yeah, no problem. So, like, why do you, like, why the hell do you want to talk to me? Well, because you were at AFPAC, and um, you, you, they call you the a general in the movement. Yeah, you, they call you Nick's general, one of his trusted lieutenants. I don't know about that, but... This is so weird talking to you with three faces of me staring back. <laughs> we're trying to get a sense of the movement, so-called dissident right, whatever you want to call that thing that yeah. you're a part of that used to be called white nationalism, but that thing. I guess that's not a term that's in favor anymore. Sounds like Tony no, Soprano. I mean, that's, I'm not a white nationalist. This thing of ours. I mean, I'd have to say that, right? Uh, to no. be optical? No, I'm not, I'm not even a political guy. Really? No, I'm a gamer, dude. I play video games. Is that the line you're taking? Because it is a political movement. Like, the Knicks outfit is explicitly political. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just friends with the guy. Can we, are we all right to go in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Oh, it's bad. This is your new place, you just moved in? I literally just, like, three hours ago, picked up the keys to this place. So. Oh, okay. How would you characterize what you do? A uh, comedian. You're kind of a troll, could we say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as, like, I don't know, my vague political beliefs or whatever, I mean, I'm a punk rock kid. You know, I look at whatever is anti-authoritarian. I've always been a guy that goes against the grain. You know, making almost sixteen hundred live. Let's go, punk rock. You know what I mean? But we're not going to be silly about it and pretend that there's no racial dimension to what you're involved in. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, like you have. I mean, you have to be honest about it and have a conversation about it. But it's not some like racial hatred, you know. But that's the way it always comes across, right? Anytime you even bring up the idea of race or if you talk about racial division in this country, then obviously it must mean that you hate all the other races. That's the way that it's perceived every single time. And that's not true. So uh, how was AFPAC? It was fun. Speeches were cool, I guess. AFPAC, let's go! Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So on the day, on the last day I was there, you were leaving with Nick in a car? Yeah. And you did a Nazi salute. Oh, I didn't mean to. I was just trying to wave. But it was quite clearly a Nazi salute. It wasn't a Nazi salute. Should we look, can we look at it? I mean, look, if I, it was an accident if it was. I mean, I was just trying to do like a, like a, you know, one of those. Have you seen it? Yeah, it looked kind of bad, I'll be honest with you. It did look bad. I'm, dude, I'm not a Nazi, man. Like, this is, if this is what it's going to be, like, I'm not going to. No, but we got to, I mean, I, I would look like a chump if I didn't bring it up, right? Wouldn't I? I mean, I think you look like a chump bringing it up. Do you really think I'm a Nazi? Do I think See, look, right there. You see how I'm going like that? Like a, like a military salute. That one, but you did it twice. You're at an event. This, is, this entire kind of raison d'etre really is to say, hey, you know what? That's wicked We're not the alt right. We don't want anything to do with those guys. Yeah. Um, we we well, don't want swastikas. We don't want any of that right. Hitler. It's just like. Esoteric. Right. Well, you know, he does the like salute right job. after, too. So right? it's like. And, and you failed. <laughs> Because you did a two Nazi salutes. I did not do a Nazi salute. Well, it looked like, you know that word, optics? Yeah. That term so he like, came oh, here to I'm troll. I'm familiar with the term optics. Yeah. You know what else I'm familiar with is the term bad journalism. You should get the fuck out of my house. I'm not in your house. Yeah, well, you can leave because I don't want this interview done. Can, can we de-escalate, no. please? No. Are you sitting there? You're sitting there going to sit there and say I'm doing a Nazi salute? I asked you if you were. Mic. It was quite evidently look like one. Get the fuck out of my house. Are you kidding me? When, when, when did you lose your sense of humor? When did you lose your sense of integrity? 
That's it? Do yeah, the walk of shame, cuck. He's literally yeah, doing the fucking virgin me walk. Get out. I don't care if we're outside. How about you go back to the UK and sit on a fucking dick and spin? How about that? <laughs> Ejected by a surprisingly thin-skinned troll. What was most striking was that someone who gave <laughs> Nazi salutes oh my was God. offended by being asked about them. But we weren't finished. He clearly yet. does a regular salute. It's not even. Oh, my God. What's going on, my dudes? Beardson was about to hit back on his one-man streaming channel. I wanted to go live to talk about my, my latest experience that I just had. Literally just had it just a second ago. And if you're if you're watching this, Louis, which I'm sure you probably are, yeah, go he was. fuck yourself. He was a trap. You're a disingenuous hag. Oh, hey, I'm getting a, I'm getting a phone call right now. I'm getting a phone call. Hello. Hey, I'm watching you. Yeah. <laughs> we were about to have a conversation. I asked you a, a straightforward question. Like, how did you expect that that would not come up? Because it wasn't, because you're the only person that has ever once said that to me about that. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with your pretentiousness, and I'm not dealing with your slander, okay? You can either listen to what I have to say, or you can go fuck yourself. Well, I understand you're annoyed now. Well, yeah, because okay, you, you just made up some shit. What your views this is unbelievable. Are. Why don't you why don't you explain to me how you're a total fucking scumbag? How about that? I'm not dumb. I'm not an idiot, Louie. You're not goading a fucking interview out of me. You are a piece of shit, and I don't like you. Listen, you're involved in a movement that's been characterized by its enemies as white nationalist. I here here, Louie, go fuck yourself. I have nothing enough to say to you. Eat shit. Bye bye. Guess what, Louie? My country's better than yours. My friends are cooler than you. I'm cooler than you. I'm tougher than you. I'm smarter. I'm stronger. I'm really the total package. And you're weak. And you suck. Go fuck yourself. Beardson's machismo seemed symptomatic of America first and the far-right male persona generally. Well, because he's not a bitch? You trying to make up some fake Nazi shit and you didn't think funny? The movement, I was curious to meet a woman in any way connected with America First. Hello, Nick Fuentes. This is Dr. Milfi. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Brittany Venti oh is a sometime friend of Nick Fuentes and Beardson Beardley. Like they see racism and they're like, oh my god, that's so gross. Cameo, she I didn't know this. Gravitating to the darker areas of the web. She'd also been at Charlottesville with Baked Alaska. Now here, uh, with Cameo. Jews will not replace us. Jews will not In her online videos, she plays the role of a gamer girl who trolls her mainly male audience for donations. Like, it's not my fault that I deserve money more than you. It's not my fault that I someone likes me more than you. Lately, Brittany had fallen out with Nick Fuentes and his team. She said due to some jokes she'd made about them online. That's fine. I'm okay with being hated. I'm always hated. It makes no difference to me. What do I have to lose by telling the truth? I'd arranged to see her at her home in New York. 
Hello, I'm Louis. How do you do? I'm good. May I come in? So this is where you do your work? Yes. And you've got a pink purple margarita. Are you a Trump fan? I like the fact that he trolls. That's my favorite part about him. He lowered taxes and he's kind of like um, provocative. Kind of like how my style is. It reminds me of that. <laughs> you don't mind getting a pink mug, do you? I like a pink mug. Okay. That's very progressive. I was curious how Britney had got involved in the far right in the first place right, and where she stood with it now. You were at Charlottesville, right, when they were chanting, um, you will not replace us and Jews will not replace us? I didn't even know fully the details about Charlottesville. I was told a few days ahead of time by a friend, like, you need to go to this event, you need to go to this event. But you what know? about the message and the whole Jews will not replace us chant? I assumed that they were just joking, like saying it like tongue in cheek, because one person said it and then some people started saying it. So that's why I say maybe some people are joking about it. I don't know. They were joking. I mean, people say stuff that's like anti-Semitic, but it's like tongue in cheek sometimes. So like I said, the line of irony sometimes gets a little bit blurry. I think you should be able to joke about most things so long as it's not like threatening to harm someone. You were, you were online very early, right? Yeah, I didn't have any friends. And that's why I turned to the internet for friendship. Was there some sense in which you were, like, finding your community online? Oh, definitely, for sure. I thought it was so funny. It was just so wild back then, like the Wild West. From being inside the movement somewhat, right, which we could say you were, right? Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've been able to observe a lot of it. What's your take on what um, America First is about and what Nick Fuentes is about? Back in the day, I definitely thought more of it was joking than not, but then it became not a joke. Like, for example, when they say like, don't race next, and you have to be like, none at all, like that type of thing. Or when it's like about how all women are whores, it's like, no, that's actually not tongue in cheek, like initially thought. Because I thought like, oh, well, like, I'm not the modern woman. I definitely want a husband and I'm conservative. Like, there should be no reason they have a problem with me. But no, it didn't matter. Not good enough. So I realized that when I saw, like, how horrible they were to me. And by horrible, you mean? Insulting, um, harassing, try to report you, get your stuff taken down. I think the worst thing I've seen is, is the bits and thing. Have you seen that? What? Yeah, I did Are see it serious? once. Are you serious? Dude, this guy's trying to frame up beards. Don't feel any pressure to do it. Yeah. I Unbelievable. Mean, yeah. Brittany, if I ever see you, I'm going to rape you in oh. person. And I'm married. I'm going to fucking put my dick in your fucking asshole. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove your pants, I'm gonna remove my pants, I'm gonna stick my dick in your ass, I'm gonna rape you. Because you're such a dumb fucking bitch that you do not understand, you, you have evolved yourself into a community that you do not understand. And for that, you're gonna get anally raped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I get that there's uh, a sense of humor with the obscenity of it, like, but it doesn't make it okay to say that because it's still, like, extremely inappropriate. Joker mode. Disrespectful. I feel like disrespectful is too nice of a word. I just think it's because his buddies didn't like me, so it's like, oh, you can't like Brittany Venti, so gotta turn. I think that's what it is, because, like I said, they have a problem with women no matter what flavor of woman you are. He really... On Brittany by her trying, former friends he's mad at Brittany. opened her eyes to the misogyny of the movement she'd been part of. But it was striking that she still made light of the hatefulness of the anti-Semitic chanting at Charlottesville. Experts increasingly view the greatest terrorist threat in the U.S. as coming from the far right and highlight the global reach of the message. It was after a 2019 attack in Christchurch, New Zealand, in which 51 Muslims were killed by a terrorist steeped in the culture of the Internet, that Baked Alaska had released a surprising video. Today I want to talk to you guys about the New Zealand shooting. It was so obvious that this guy was radicalized by the alt-right and became a right-wing extremist. Everything he does is the 101 playbook for right-wing extremists, and I know because I've hung around these guys in the past. We need to start educating people the difference between internet culture and reality before things go way out of hand like they did in New Zealand. But within months, he'd reverted back to his far-right positions, embracing a full-time career as a live-streaming internet troll. Increasingly, I'd wondered about the danger of internet hate translating into real-world harm. With that in mind, I'd arranged to meet him in Tampa, Florida, where he was streaming. I was hoping to understand the dark seduction of Where's the online community, at? knowing it would involve another dose of upsetting content. Shout Not surprising. Right nuts. Guys, we're gonna have some fun later tonight. Don't miss it. Jared Holt probably told her to unfollow me. Louie! Louie! Hey, nice to see you. Yeah, nice How's to see you. How's it going? Good. We're live here, guys. Say hello. Louie Thoreau. I, I, I told him we had a special guest today. But and that was me? That was you, yeah. yeah. With Baked were two other lower-profile far-right streamers, one going by LOLs, another Woozer. How's it going? Nick and Baked's documentary maker friend Stephen Martinez was also along for the ride. Okay, so... You're on 300... You've been streaming for three hours? Yeah. And you got 331 yeah. people yeah. watching live? Yeah. How, so, and it's on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. I thought you'd been deplatformed from YouTube. Yeah, I have. So how... I, mean, I just make new channels all the time. Wow! Doomer Squidward sent hundred dollars, Yoba. Let's go! Thank you so much! Oh sevens in chat! Doomer Squidward, thank you, homie! Bait streams are how he makes his income. They involve him provoking passers-by. Step back, get the fuck out of here. This is my production, not yours. Spurred on by viewers who donate money to play racist or otherwise provocative music and messages on a speaker around his neck. Terrible. Is this, uh, is this one of those uh, German military what, marching songs? Yeah. Sounds like it might with be. With Nazi yeah. connotations? Uh, I think it's... I don't know if it has... It's, like a, it's just a nice German song, you know. 
I had the uncomfortable feeling my presence was making him more money, so I decided to keep in the background as much as possible. Hey, we got some Cubans out here? Mexico, USA, baby! Yeah! Trump, Trump 2024? Yeah! Vote for Trump. What was racist? Calling us Cubans. I asked, I asked. No, you could have asked. I asked, I said, are you Cuban? Hey, I swear, they're donating a bad song right now. Saying the N-word. Much of the content played on Bates' speaker was the most offensive racial language. Chill, please chill out with that. Please chill out with that. <laughs> they seem to enjoy playing at best risque and then sometimes outright racist material. Is that fair? What's that about? It's comedy. It's edgy humor. They play whatever they can to make us uncomfortable. It's not a cross-section of, like, the broader society, is it? Like, it's almost like a self-selected community of hard-right trolls. Not everyone is right-wing, though. It's not really... But more than half of it has been extreme racial abuse or extreme racial content. Anonymous sent $3 Louis. Basically, we just hate frigates and nagars. It's not so much a right-wing, left-wing thing. It's like a human versus subhuman thing. Oh, my God. You know? Oh, man. Um, okay. Let's see. <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> the fact that it's so horrible, like, the, what's coming in, does that ever make you think, um, maybe you're doing something wrong? <laughs> no, not really, because we live in a world where you can't hear any of this language. It's all extremely censored. It's all, you know, so taboo and so forbidden that, to me, you know, some of the stuff I don't like to hear, but for the most part, a lot of it's refreshing. Holy shit. As the evening wore on, Baked did more stunts with strangers. <laughs> Stream, a queasy mix of playfulness. I just got a kiss on the fucking lips! Accompanied by racist messages paid for by donors on his speaker. It seemed, in a way, a distillation of the far-right internet impulse. Shock and offense driven by the whims of anonymous trolls and an influencer looking for clicks. You don't know me. You guys are fucking retards. He knows. You're, you're not the arbiter of truth here, bitch, okay? <laughs> As we headed to a final location, Baked talked unguardedly about me. You know, they, they manipulate and act like they're interested in me as a streamer. But whenever I show them good streams, they're like, they just want to talk about, like, race. They, they want to talk about all their buzz topics to, like, make us look bad. In the early hours of the morning, I'd seen more than enough. Doing the cuck walk of shame again. to challenge Baked about the potentially uh -oh. lethal consequences of his far-right beliefs by using his own words against him. Okay, let's finish this. Okay. Yes. Did they give this up like a royalty-free channel said, um, on YouTube or some you've shit? You've recently left the alt-right and regretted ever contributing anything to that culture. Mm. You said I was just... So what does this have to do with live streaming? You said I was I just... I thought you were interested in live streaming. I am. No, you're just interested in your bullshit little agenda. No, this is a quote from no. you. I was just a normal guy who liked memes and I got radicalized. No, and then you said about bullshit. your alt-right career... No, 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 no. pretty no. big disaster, to be honest. No, 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 no. Your point was that in the aftermath of 51 people being killed, uh, Muslim people at prayer in their 
I don't think it's good. I don't support violence. Yeah, Louis. Do you, can I make the bigger point, though, which is that many people would see the language of, you know, racial division as um, contributing to a climate where violent acts flourish, right? You said uh, it, it had been a pretty big no, here, disaster. Here you go with the manipulating again. It's not, here you, you go. To here you go with the manipulating again. Okay, so what's no, your point? No, you say, you say, oh, it's not a hit piece. I want to know about streaming. You don't give a fuck about streaming. This is part of no, the it's not. No, you said it's all. You said it. You went straight to trying to call, label me and America First as white nationalists, light, and all this dumb shit. And it's just like everyone can see through your fucking Those gay agenda. Lame. No, you're a piece of shit, dude. I gave you a chance. You're anti-Christian. You're anti-white. You're a fucking punk. You're a lying piece of shit. And that's all you do. I tried to give you a chance to be real and genuine, but you're not a real human being. No, you're not capable of that, Louis. Why don't you apologize for your fucking ancestors from thousands of years ago? Because you're white, Louis. Aren't you? Are you? Aren't you white? Oh, why don't so why don't you Damn. apologize for who you are? Because you're a disgrace. Why am I a disgrace? Because you're white. Apparently, we should be guilty. We should feel terrible for being white, right? We we can't have a majority of white people because we'd have a great country with low crime. God forbid that. Why yeah, don't you right. just um? Isn't it all it, like? Isn't it basically white nationalism? Oh wow! There we go. There it comes out. That's not offensive to you, is it? You're a liar. I mean, you are a white nationalist. No, I'm not. I think everyone should be able to stand up for their culture. That's absolutely. my point. It's like why? So you think but, it's got a negative your, your connotation? But it's it a does. In a descriptive sense, it's accurate. You promote white racial loyalty and a white no, racial consciousness. White racial consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's semantics in the end. So what do you think of Baked Alaska now that you've hung out with me for a couple of days? I think you're obviously a talented broadcaster and, and streamer. And I also think that parts of what you do I find deeply poisonous, right? And I think that um, it's anti-Semitic and it's racist and, and that's what I think. All right, I think we're good. Yeah, I'm not a white nationalist. Dude, I got so it. You got to get that out of your head. Stop believing the lies. His political self-labeling was, in the end, immaterial. His record of racist, homophobic and misogynistic views spoke for itself in the vast digital catalogue of the internet. Elevating the interests of white racial identity above all else in America and viewing it exclusively as under threat. against the white man and if you're one of those people that says that being pro-white is racist is white supremacist white nationalist guess what you're on the side of white genocide in a world where everyone can have their own platform it may have been inevitable that the voices of the political fringe basically would be more amplified and would influence more people 20 years ago nick fuentes would have been an almost invisible figure Thanks to the internet, his message reaches young people in homes around the world. We're not going anywhere. His avowed aim to undermine democracy and advance the power of white men, using irony to mask an ambition that is deadly serious. There is nothing that can stop an idea whose time has come. 
and America first. The time has come now. Holy shit. They set him up like the biggest supervillain of all time with the <laughs> with the outro there. There it was. There's Luther. Oh, they're going to say something else? Hold on. Oh. Line website. Next Sunday, Lou is uh, in the world of rap. Same time. Uh, wait, we'll have to skip that one, I think. Thank you to Pit, Vi- Vi- Pit Viper and Gucci, our sponsors for this this evening. That's how we got that live look in. Very kind of them to spend the big bucks to make sure the kill stream's covered here. Well, what did you think? I'll read some chats here for a minute. Super Bowl's coming up here in about an hour and 30 minutes or so. I got the Rams. I know there's a lot of burrow heads in the audience, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I don't think that was a very effective hit piece, really. Uh, it was kind of uh, it was kind of lame. I, 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 you know what I wonder... Um, I, I want to see what all the people who said this was going to, like, destroy America first and destroy Fuentes. I want to see what they have to say, honestly, how they're going to spend this. Uh, because it was just a, it was just your average, everyday, lame hit piece. Although I will say he went out of his way to go at Beardson and try to frame him as a Nazi, which, uh, you know, that's never something I've even, like, heard suggested about Beardson. In fact, um... The opposite, right? Like, I don't... <laughs> usually, uh, usually he's... You know, I've seen him argue with quite a few um, Nazi guys. So, that doesn't make any sense at all that he would try to go that route. It's kind of like a cheap, um, th- you know, narrative thread for his for his documentary, right? It's like he cooked this up um, just, just to have that... Just to have that um, story device, right? It's not even legit. Like, I don't know. Now you can some of the other stuff. Like, I I don't know. It just felt really cheap when he's got all this material. He's gonna frame it as white nationalism anyway. He's gonna frame it as you know uber, you know, hateful shit in the first place. Like, you didn't really have to. You didn't really have to go there. Also, Venti, that was a surprise appearance. I didn't know she was gonna be on the on the stream. So that was a little bit of a of a surprise. I, she might have said that. I just didn't see it. So. If she did, thank you, Spectral Citizen, for the LBC over there. A um, couple super, a uh, couple of, um, actually, a couple of uh, cash apps came in earlier. E, thank you for that. Um, mostly, we just sat here and watched, though. We had a watch party. We would just watch the Super Bowl, but we'll get in trouble for that one. They won't. Uh, <laughs> they won't let us. But uh, the stream held up on on uh, YouTube. The mirror. I almost stopped it. But uh, I went ahead with it and said, fuck it. And uh, it worked out. So shout out to Susan for letting us do that, I got to say. Oh, and shout out to Gucci and Pit Viper, of course. Without their massive influence, I don't think they would have allowed us to do something. Big crowd, too, as well. Uh, we had about 1650 I think, to- uh, max there on three platforms. Go ahead and subscribe to every platform. That would be my advice to you. We got a big week on the kill stream coming up. A huge week, actually. Debut appearance, Lord Miles Rutledge. That's the week after, actually, on February twenty second. Uh, but this week we got a we got a really big one too. Let me see if I can go here and pull that up. 
Um, so Monday we have the Valentine's Day special. Me and Pantsu uh, are going to co-host another stream uh, on Monday, like we did last week. Tuesday we got Harrison Smith from Infowars and American Journal coming on the show. He's also going to be in Dallas at the Killstream Kingpin Invitational. Uh, a few tickets uh, sold uh, the other day on that. I'm going to talk about it a lot more uh, coming up, but I'm hoping to add Pat Dixon to do a live stand up there. Uh, working on some other things. Also, I'm going to do my marriage there live as well. We're going to live stream a lot of this, uh, too, from Dallas, but you'll want to be there. Uh, it's going to be a crazy, wild event. Uh, if you're in the area, also WrestleMania weekend there in Dallas. WrestleMania is going to be in Dallas. Beardson coming on. The aforementioned Beardson is going to be on Wednesday. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about uh, after this screening today of Louis Thoreau's hit piece. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Ryan Dawson uh, on Thursday. Shout out to him. He's going to be here. Also, I'll be meeting up with him pretty soon, too, in early March when he comes back to the States. And... Of course, I'll be at APAC 3, February 25th. I'm setting up some interviews and stuff. Um going to book my place to stay very soon. And I'm also setting up um, like a play. I'm going to try to have some people come by basically and film and record and then release that after like APAC uh, documentary. People coming in and talking and shit and film some stuff on, on the scene there. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that too. Going to try to do some things, some things uh, surrounding uh, APAC. And also on Friday, we have Adam uh, Adam Green versus J. Dyer Groiper. Uh, so check out that. I don't have a poster for that yet because I have to make a new template uh, for that. So that's why I don't have that yet. But that's the upcoming schedule. It's looking pretty right. Pretty right, if you ask me. And I'm really excited about the, the debut guest, uh, Lord Miles Rutledge, uh, which. That's that's a big one. That's a big one. Been wanting to have him on for quite some time, actually, and he already knew about the show uh, and wanted to come on. Matter of fact, I saw that he was following me. I didn't even know, and I was like, oh, shit, I have to follow this guy back. So shout out to him. Uh, I'm interested uh, in talking to him, so we'll be, we'll be talking to him soon. I'm going to go ahead and sign off, though, because the Super Bowl is coming up, uh, and I'm going to go watch that. So I just came on here real quick to kind of uh, give a – uh, walk through of that with you enjoy it with you i'm gonna put it up on the podcast as well uh so shout out to the podcast gang gang shout out to everybody else uh and they said nick's on yeah go check out nick he's talking about it now too as well i think on bake's channel so i didn't plan to go past like five too too long past five anyway so thank you guys i appreciate you joining me here on this special kill stream big week coming up i hope you join me there as well uh, i'm gonna go ahead and get out of here where's my music should I play the regular music? Why not? Why not? Why can't I hear it, though? There it is. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. A little brisk special episode of the Killstream looking at Louis Thoreau. Check out the earlier part, too. We went through his bullshit article in The Guardian and some other stuff. If you joined us late, a little background. Salute. I better be careful. I don't want that salute to look wrong. Aim that shit down, fuck. Ridiculous smear effort. Epstein Dick, thank you, man. I just saw that on Odyssey. He said, can't abort. You can't fucking abort. 1,600 live. I thought I was done. I thought my career was over. 
That's what they say. Oh, Mark Collin wants on? Does he really? Oh, wow. There he is. Fuck, I just not saw that. If he wants to come on real quick, I'll hold the show open. We can give an epilogue if you want. Do you want me to hold the show open? We'll see if he's still... I do see his message now. Either way, shout out to Mark. What's he saying? I think he walked away. I'll play one more song. We'll see. 